Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Who is Carol, I guess, and then what? Uh, let's start at the beginning. So prior to 2014, 15, 16, were you always in property? What were you doing? What was life like? And then I guess why, what made you think I'm, I'm going to get into property? Gosh, my, my life's been a bit like the stock market. Um, so I originally started in hotels. Then I went into, uh, so I was trained as a general manager of hotels, went into sales and marketing. Then I went into conference production, uh, you know, the all singing, all dancing, big events. Um, stopped doing that because you had to travel all around the world and I had a child, so that didn't really work. So I stopped after about, I don't know, six years or whatever. Um, and I really went into property by accident, I think pretty much like everybody does. Can't even remember how it happened. I happened to meet somebody who worked for Remax and Remax probably still are the largest real estate franchise company in the world. So I went to work for them. Um, met somebody who was a mortgage broker based in Nottingham who introduced me to somebody in London who introduced me to introduce me to and so it went on and on and on like that and that's kind of how I got into it in this development kind of way because Remax is obviously a regular real estate company yeah. and we're doing residential stuff um, I hated doing listings I just prefer doing the sales um, maybe because you don't get to talk as much when you're doing the listings, so that the other side was better for me. So I teamed up with a girl in the office, and she did all the listings, and I did the sales, and we did really, really well. But I went off and did a lot of um, out-of-office trading, worked with um, lots of hedge fund managers, corporate clients, those kinds of things when I was there. So, right. yeah, so I did that so for a long time. So in that job, in that role in Remax, you were basically selling deals to other investors, not necessarily buying them yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So then, what? When? When did you? How, how long ago was it that you thought to yourself, "Do you know what? I'm going to start doing this for myself now." Um. Well, I mean, what happened then was I I did do a deal, and it was um, it was in the north of England, and it was a big deal. Because, you know, as Rob says, go big or go home. Um, but anyway, I ended up having to go home because it was at the time when uh, the market changed and we had the economic downturn. And I was involved with a few other investors and we bought a big development to go to, to 62 units. And, and like one day it was worth 4.6 and then the next day it was worth 2.4. So obviously the loan got called in and then I just, yeah, then I went home, cried what, a lot. When, when was that? In the two, in, so 2007 time? No, I, guess, I think it was probably about 2008, nine when it all okay. really went pear-shaped. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I stopped, I stopped doing everything for a while and I came into it when I came to Masopi because it was kind of like, you know, people had started ringing me again. Um, you know, the market had started to change. 
and I thought I needed to do something and go out there. But what I do now is completely different to what I did then because what I did then was predominantly trading and obviously working in the estate agency. And what I do now is, is completely different. It's so much hands-on. What do, when you say what you do now, so for anyone listening in, let's go there. What do you do now? So what, what is the day-to-day -day of Carol? What, what sort of deals are you looking at? What type of things do you work on? Well, because I was going to talk to you, I made an effort and wrote down a few things of what I've done. Cool. <laughs> Which is yeah. always useful, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I, I, and it's surprising to actually write it down. Now, obviously, these are not all for me. These are for investors and me, um, or just investors. So when you say investors, you do a lot of deal packaging. Yeah, so we will find um, a property that is suitable for conversion, and we will convert it, and then we will furnish it. We do everything from literally start to finish. I would say that 97% of my clients never even see their property. Um, everything's done via video um, and via written communication um, because a lot of them live away and most of them are not emotionally attached. Most of them just want to know that if I buy it, will I make it, will it make me money? Yeah. And, you know, Touch wood, on the whole, that usually works out. So you find the pro you find the property, manage the whole refurb. Do you then also manage the management? Yeah, we have yeah. a we have a lettings company uh, that my daughter runs, and we have our own build team now because obviously over the years we've had lots of mishaps with builders. So we now have our own build team, which is absolutely amazing. I mean, that's a gift from God. Um, I have somebody working with me um, who's, you know, like my team member. Um, and I'm really lucky there because he used to be in social housing. So I do a lot of social housing work. So that works really, really well. Hmm. So what I've done is basically um, we've done 27 units for HMOs, which um, about 965,000. Then we've done regular renovations. You know, that might be a, a flip or it might be just a vitalet. So we've done six of those, 480,000. Social housing, we've done 77 units and we've got 13 in the pipeline. And that's 1.8 million. Um, our lettings company has about 120 units under management. So we don't actively seek lettings business. Um, 98% of our lettings clients are properties that we have bought, refurbished, and everything else. The only lettings that we have that we've not done are people have had a problem with other people, and then we've helped them sort it out, do whatever's needed to the property, tenants, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Commercial, we've done 62 flats. Um, that's 4.816 million. And there's one shop and one office included in that. And then the current pipeline that we're working on right now, we're just finishing off 12 flats. And that'll be done in the next eight weeks. Uh, and then we've got a pub that we just bought, which will do nine units. And that should bring in about 64,000 a year. And that should cost about 550 all in. And then we've got a, just a 
tiny flip that we're just doing. Um, we completed on that two weeks ago. We started work on that. Um, and that's just a little two-bed house. So I actually find the little projects more scary because yeah. there's one front door, whereas the other projects I like because there's more than one front door. So if anything happens to one, I know that the others are going to bring the money in. Yeah, so you do risk it. So I always say this, safety in numbers. The more you've got, like, you've got a problem. It's, it's the analogy, I think, of, um, you know, Tesco's. So right now somebody's nicking something out of Tesco's somewhere in the world. But if somebody nicks something out of the corner shop, they've got a big problem. But yeah. if you're, you're almost with the scale, you're the Tesco's rather than the, the corner shop. So yeah. a tenant, you know, a tenant yeah, an empty property, it's not a problem. It's, it's, not, it's not great, but it's not as, if it's your only property and it's empty, it's a problem. If you've got a lot and one's empty, you don't really feel it. Um, yeah, and and exactly. then you just fill it. So yeah, exactly. if there was an audience in front of us right now, I think you'd have been getting a round of applause for that because that's a, a, a huge amount of stuff that you've been working on. And, and since it's interesting that you said when you write it down, you realize what you've done. And, and sometimes when people are four or five years into their property journey, they, they oh, I, I see people overestimate what they're going to do in the first sort of six to 12 months and then they completely underestimate where they'll get to in the five to six year level. And, and then it's like when you just come on and just said, I had to write it down as far as what I did is you kind of re don't realize how much you've done till you write it down. So what would you say to anyone who's sort of, um, well, just to help people on their first year. So when you came to Progressive around 2015, what did you do in your first 12 months? Honestly, it's so funny because um, everybody thinks of me as being like super confident and, you know, and I do talk a lot. I absolutely know that. But, but I, the, when I went to Progressive to join, to do my first VIP the first day, I remember walking in that room and literally leaving and crying. I went in the corridor and I was crying because I was so scared of going into that room. I don't know why. You know, it was the, it was, I wasn't good enough. It was the fact that, you know, I think everybody's really young and I'm so much older and they're going to be thinking, what the hell are you doing here at your age? And, you know, female, because it's, you know, it's a very bit, property is a male dominated area, whatever anybody says. There's still so many more men than women. Um, yeah, all those things, I mean, they just completely freaked me out. And, you know, I was lucky. You have to forgive me for not remembering. I want to call her Laura, um, the girl that was looking after VIP at the time. So if I, if it's wrong, forgive me. But, you know, like she, she comes out and she's like a quarter my age, you know, it's all right, we'll be fine. Um, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm such a prat. Um, and it was fine because, you know, it's that getting back into talking to people that you don't even know. Um, so, yeah, it was fine. And after I'd been a couple of times, it was fine. But I'd, I have to say I still do suffer from that imposter syndrome and I still do suffer from, you know, being an older female in this area because there are so many of them out there that are so young and you look at them and you think, holy Toledo. But a lot of it is because they know how to um, manipulate social media really well, how to use every platform, and that's just out of my comfort zone. So I, I, I'm just not really any good at any of that stuff. And I would just say, you know, there's always somebody who's been through exactly what you're feeling and feels the way you feel. 
And you just got to try and find your own people that you can harmonize with. You know, there's no point in me looking to the 30-year-olds, is there, to try and be mates with all of them. And I have to go and look for the, you know, the HRT buyers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true, yeah. though. And people are generally quite nice, to be fair, mm. and helpful. You, there's some absolute gold dust in everything you've just said there because you um, – I'm just picking a little bit on some of that, Carol. You mentioned how um, you – were really nervous when you showed up because obviously you've, you'd, you'd made mistakes at the start. You'd, you'd worked in, in Remax. You then decided to go into a development. It went bad. You did nothing for a few years. And as you were saying that, and, you're, and you've just said there about how, you know, people have felt the exact same as you. It's almost what I did, but I did it in Eastern Europe and I made mistakes. And then I did nothing for a few years. And then I went to, to Progressive and, and it was almost like I was listening to you going, that was me, that was me, that was me. And then... It's the uncomfortable bit and getting out of your comfort zone. For, so for people that are at home and thinking, you know, I'm not comfortable speaking to people. I've, maybe I've made a mistake and I'm, I don't want to show up and people to say to me, how are you getting on? And I'll just say, oh, well, I've, everything I've done has gone wrong. And what would you say to people who are sort of sitting thinking, you know, if they've made a mistake, can they restart? Can they get it right the second time? What was the, what was the big thing that you took from the mistakes to, to be able to help you, I guess, on restarting? Um. To always say to everybody you only fail if you don't get back up again you have to just keep getting back up doesn't matter what happens how crap it is how awful it is but I do also think you have to be honest and true and I do think that when things aren't right don't go right you have to own it and you have to accept responsibility for it and look at how you can maybe do better or do different next time because I've made a million mistakes, but the one thing I definitely am is resilient. You know, I've been getting back up since I was 15. So because if you don't, what is left in life, you know, and you can't keep doing something different all the time. You've got to stick at something and see it through. Because if you do, all of a sudden, one day, it's like, wow, I'm doing so well. Um, and that's, you know, when everybody goes, oh, it didn't take her very long or, you know, it's like pop stars, isn't it? They think it took them 10 minutes to be a, an overnight success and it's actually yeah. taken them 15 years. Yeah, they don't see everything underneath the surface. Yeah, I mean, the thing so. about progressive for me, which is really, I did become quite entrenched in it because um, I love that belonging to a tribe. And for whatever reason, you know, I got on with the staff. I loved it. I felt like I was a blooming staff member. Um, yeah. um, and, and for me, that's what I needed and wanted. You know, I, I like that. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, have, I, I haven't got a really anything bad to say about my experiences with the team because it's just all been really supportive and helpful. Um, and there's always something else that they give you that you can help and learn and benefit from. You know, it's not like lots of other companies where I've found – um, you go to the meeting, you pay your course, and then you're finished, you're gone. I, I feel like we've got a really good supportive network. It's a community. Yeah, yeah that's what I feel. So so for me, that's helped my personality massively because I'm not a go-it-alone, be-on-your-own kind of person. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, when, when people talk about communities, a lot of people think about social media. And you mentioned something else there around how you know, the, the younger people, they're better at social media. They're on all these different platforms. And, 
you know, like they, I, and I'm listening, I'm thinking like, there's all these new things and like Snapchat, I'm not even on it and whatever other ones are going on that's out there. Um, and people are doing a TikTok, uh, doesn't interest me. Um, but I am on like sort of Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and I do a bit on there, but, uh, but for you, how, how, if somebody else is sitting in here listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I, I keep hearing from everybody, you have to be on social media, you have to be on social media. Um, how do you get the success that you get without getting entrenched in this thing of I've got to be on social media? Because one of the other things you see with people sometimes is they spend all their time on social media and they don't do any actual property stuff. So it's getting that balance. So what would you say to people who are thinking, I don't like social media, can they still do this? And what sort of tips would you give them? Um, so I, for me, I would say, Look groups that you're interested in. Look at what people are talking about and see if there's anywhere that you can contribute because you always know something and just start contributing on those arenas and people will start to get to know you. Um, Organise to attend events. Just start meeting them and be helpful. You know, be supportive, be helpful give people information they need. Um, I mean, in the beginning, I was always doing everything for any, everybody. It was like little miss helper in the corner, you know, what can I do to be of service? Um, and I've done that with loads of clients. You know, I go out of my way to be helpful, sometimes too much, but that's kind of how I am. And that, to be fair, has stood me in very, very good stead because, you know, the 12 units I'm doing at the moment, I'm doing with a partner, um, no, no money of my own. So, you know, we've got like 800 grand that we've borrowed. Um, the, the last project I did, which is the 11 units, that was all investor money. So, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do the stuff I have if I hadn't have effectively networked, helped, supported, um, you know, go to as many events as you possibly can. You don't have to be the light and soul of the party. You just have to be show up and give help and advice and information. I'm really good, you know. So, like, if somebody talks and I hear, I, I will then think, "Oh, Janet, she said that," and I think Kevin will be the right person to help her, and I'll just put them in touch. Yeah. So that, that's the kind of thing that I do, you know. Even if I can't do something. Because I've been around to a lot of places a lot of the time, I'll know somebody probably in every single town in the country. So I'll always be able to match people up. And, and you'll be amazed at how many people you do know that you can match up when you start thinking about it. Yeah. So, so you're like a mini Tinder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only. <laughs> um, That's not worked for me yet. <laughs> one, one other thing, Carol, on that as well that you've just mentioned, I'm just touching on some of the things you've said is around um, the amount of projects you've done. I know you you find deals for other people and so anyone who's hands off and just wants to invest their money and get a return, you'll manage the whole process. But um, have you at the same time built your own portfolio as well or is it mainly all for other people? No, no, no. So um, I've got um, five flats in one building and um, th th these are you know in partnership 
Just two of us. Yeah. yeah. So 12 in another, um, 11 in another, um, and a couple of um, regular houses and six-bed HMO. Okay. And then, so for people that may be listening and thinking, uh, can they, a lot of, one of the big blockers I see for people is, I'd love to do property, but I don't have any money. So did you, you mentioned with partners. So I guess that's joint venture partners. Yeah. Um, have you also, have you done private investor finance as well? So yeah. have you borrowed? So yeah. uh, how has that helped you to scale your portfolio? How important has private investor finance joint ventures been to you? And I guess do, for anyone who's thinking, can they raise money? Could they find JV partners? What sort of tips would you give them to allow them to be able to do that as well? Um, I would say that without the money, I wouldn't have done anything. Um, I've managed to get my money through relationships, you know, through people knowing what I'm doing, through them coming and seeing what we're doing, um, just through that ongoing trust and rapport. Because, you know, you don't meet somebody and, and ask for the money. The first time, God's sake, you've got to have a, a relationship. And they have to know that they can trust you. They have to be able to see your other projects. They have to be able to talk to your clients if they want to, you know, all that stuff. So, um, yeah. And, and I mean, the, the money I got for the last pub that I've just bought is through. So I know a local developer here. And he has a friend who's a lawyer. Who has a friend who's got um, a big property development company in Manchester. And that's how that came about. Because, you know, they've got money sitting in the bank doing nothing. They've got nothing. And they don't have anything they want to buy at the minute. So fantastic. You know, they can get money back quickly. And, and you know, I, I work the contracts to suit both of us. Yeah. You know, so that everybody wins. And they are, and as long as they're comfortable. You know, that's that's what really matters. But, yeah, it's just all been about relationship building and showing them what I've been doing, inviting them to the projects, letting them talk to anybody they want, letting them see what we've got and done. And obviously I do post some stuff um, and they can see that. And also I've been doing it now for long enough for them to know that because you know what you see. You see social media. Somebody's there, 12 months, bang, 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 bang. and then gone yeah so you know you've just got to be consistent and just keep keep doing it and be trustworthy and do what you say you're going to do and don't bullshit them if something's wrong just tell them it's wrong because mm. if you don't you've lost all your trust haven't you mm. so yeah all of my all of the money um the 12 flats is all private investment um Retiree Street was private investment, and the one I'm doing now is private investment. Um, and there's a bit of bridging in in some of them. So yeah, you you've done a huge amount. This is going to be really gold dust for a lot of people watching Carol who are trying to get started in property, and maybe they've done a year and they've kind of not got the results they were hoping for. Because as I said, everyone's trying to get all the results in that first year rather than realizing it's a lifelong journey. So in, in your, with everything you've done so far to date in your sort of six-ish years, um, in the last six years, say, 
Um, what's next? So is there an end goal? Is there an end game? Is there like a, I'm going to go lie on a beach moment or what, what's, what's the future? <laughs> I'm not going to go and lie on a beach until I've got a personal trainer. Um, <laughs> so, so I'd be bored. No, no, I really like working to be fair. I really like what I do. I find it really rewarding. Um, you know, sometimes I feel a bit peeved that I'll do a project for an investor and I make them a lot of money. And I think, why? Why did you not just do that for yourself? But that's just the way it is. Um, so I'm going to carry on doing the commercial conversions, the small ones. It's what I really, really like. And I find them a lot easier than doing a two-bed house um, because I just know that there'll be a return. I mean, please don't get me wrong. There are always a myriad of problems. And, you know, it does get scary when you can't get all your money out sometimes. But long term, you know, for me, it's about the cash flow. And what yeah. I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build up to 20000 a month so that I absolutely do not have to worry at all when I'm older because yeah. I know that that cash flow is always going to be there. It's not really about the chunky money for me. It's, it's about that constant income coming in right. every single month. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. And also, um, one of the things I am actually quite passionate about, which I have overlooked, is I'm in a, a group, um, social supported housing group, and we are working together to, you know, work with government and local councillors to deal with the homelessness situation because, you know, it's not about giving them a house to live in. It's about giving them the ability to look after themselves and get a job and keep a job, you know, so that they can have their own life. You know that saying about the fish and the rod and yeah. it's that kind of thing. Um, so that's actually the rewarding bit. You know, I mean, I love doing a building and looking at it at the end and thinking, wow, but I do like the other bit where you can help people who never, ever, ever would be able to help themselves. Mm. So that's one of the things I love, yeah. I think that's one of the great things. A lot of people look at property investing and think, oh, they're making money out of people's houses, et cetera. But actually, you, the government are not going to solve that problem. They don't have the solutions. The solutions are with people like you who are you know, providing the accommodation. And, and the type of properties that it sounds like you do as well are not stuff that you're not stopping first-time buyers from doing property deals. You're buying properties that they wouldn't touch anyway. So... Um, the do you the, the type of social housing stuff you do, if do you do that just with yourself with joint venture partners? Are you looking to are you looking to scale that? Is it just Manchester or do you do it outside of Manchester? And yeah, we guess, do it. I, yeah, we do it outside of Manchester. The group I belong to is is run by a lady called Amy Vall, and um, there's just twenty of us in the actual nucleus of the group. I mean, when we have another group that's open to everybody. But there's yeah. just, and then there are just five of us that are actually part of something new that's about to happen. Um, so we are looking to buy bigger buildings and create communities. So, I'm, I mean, this is a, a a big leap in the dark, and you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating. But you know, like the collective um, that Razamut right. does. And that's all for business people and things like that. But imagine if you could do that for people who think that there's no hope. 
You know, yeah. you could put them in a community and they could learn skills and everything else. Um, yeah, there's a guy who does, um, he's done a project in Burnley and it's for ex-military. And it's amazing because they have people coming in to teach them how to cook, how to do joinery work, how to be a plumber. You know, all those transferable skills that will give them some dignity and, and move them forward with their lives. Right. So those are the things that we're trying to do, because with every pound that the government gives, they take away 10. Hmm. So yeah. if if people in private enterprise don't try and help and it's all well and good people saying, well, they should get a bloody job or they should help themselves. It's not as simple as that. No. I mean, there are so no. many people right now working, but they have nowhere to live. They're homeless. And that's just a terrible, sorry situation. So, yeah, if we can just change a tiny bit, that would really help. Absolutely. So uh, for anyone who wants to reach out to Carol to find out more about that type of stuff, Carol, how could they find you? Um, they, I prefer they emailed me, honestly, if I'm truthful, because there are so many people contact you in millions of different ways. Um, and it's really hard to keep up with all the different communication resources so my email is carol c-a-r-o-l-e at clearwaterpropertypartners.com um, if you have difficulty with the email obviously send me a message on facebook and um, and i'll do my best to get back to you as quickly as i can for sure but i'm happy to you know spend time and help and um, just people just have to respect that obviously i don't have any more time in my day that, than they do. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, are you going to have, you're going to have 5,000 people say, I just need five minutes, Carol. Well, it's when they say, can I pick your brain? Um, yeah. You know, it's like, there's none of it left. <laughs> there's none of it left in four hours later. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so. I mean, Kevin, you're amazing. You're so supportive and you really help and encourage people. And I mean, you've always been there if I've ever needed you to help me. So, we, we, you know, we all now you're just sending the 5,000 people back to me. <laughs> we all I'm need kidding. each other, we all need each yeah, other. It, what would you see? So you've, you've made mistakes, you've um, done an awful lot of stuff, you've, you've been through the journey of a job to a remax working in, in selling deals for other people to then trying to do developments yourself to then finally doing it yourself and helping and doing it for other people as well. If you could do it all again. Would you do it differently? What would you do differently? Um, what would you change? Um, the thing I would change 100% is I would not be so trusting. I would make sure that I had systems and processes in places much earlier. And I would make sure that everything I did was backed up with a contract. Awesome. Re really, really good advice because you see so many people when they're new, don't you? And they're like, well, we shook hands on it. We met them five minutes ago. Everything will be fine. Um, yeah, it's really, really good advice. Um, Carol, we have been chatting for over 30 minutes, which wow. feels like it's got just flew by. So I'm just conscious of your time. And I know you said Prime, you've got a, she's got a, a project. She's got to get some stuff sorted on today. So um, really appreciate you coming on. If anybody needs to reach out to Carol, you want to know a little bit more about what she does, then I said her email address was carol at clearwaterpropertysolutions.com. Was that right? No. <laughs> Say it again. That was completely wrong. What's your email address? 
Carol, C-A-R-O-L-E, yeah. at clearwaterpropertypartners.com. Partners. It's all about the partner, isn't it? Clearwaterpropertypartners.com. So yeah. Carol, C-A-R-O-L-E, at clearwaterpropertypartners.com. Um, Carol, really appreciate you coming on. I think the Thank audience you. is going to absolutely love that interview because it's it's real. It's it's the, the challenges as well as the successes. And it's for somebody that's six years sort of into that journey plus the journey before. Well, quite often when we speak to people, it can be maybe they're in their first four or five months. So you've got you've been through what a lot of the journey a lot of people are going to be heading down through as well. So I um, really appreciate you coming on and sharing that journey. Um, I know you've mentioned that you wouldn't change any. You, the things you change would be those three things. Um, would you, if you had changed all those things, for often some people say, um, you know, I, I'm afraid to start. You've obviously made mistakes. For anyone who's thinking, okay, make those changes, but I still have fear of doing it. What would you say to somebody who's thinking, should I start in property? Can I start in property? Is it possible for me? Definitely, but they have to love. They have to really love it. They have to want to do it because it's really hard. It's definitely not easy. I don't know why people think it's it's going to be easy. They look at TV and they think, oh, doddle. It's hard. Mm. But and you have to do it. This what I always say is it's it's hard. It's the easiest hard work you'll ever do, but it's still work. It's still hard. Um, but is it worth it in the end? For me, I definitely, absolutely, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, if you don't love property, mm. then... It's even harder. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, could, you, could you love property or did you love property when you started or did you fall in love with property? No, I've always been a bit weirdly obsessed with it. <laughs> Yeah, when my daughter was like eight, I used to pretend we were going out and we'd just be going around driving, looking at buildings. I'm picturing Carol, everyone now, right? Driving into a shopping centre car park, getting out of her car and hugging the columns. <laughs> no, I used to drive around the countryside just checking out derelict buildings and things like that. I mean, it was all a bit of a fantasy then because then I think I was um, running the events business. Um, but it's just something, you know, I've just always been a bit, Pre, I think we are in England, aren't we? We're a bit preoccupied with property. Yeah. But yeah. You know, doing Yeah. And, and just, so, you know, I would find somebody who was different to you. So one of the other mistakes I have made is I find people like me, and that's no good. You know, so the person who's working with me now, um, I got him to take a test to see what kind of personality he was. And fortunately, he's completely the opposite to me. Yeah, because if you are somebody the same as you, I guess for anyone listening, because a lot of people make this mistake, Carl, they're thinking, I'll work with somebody who's the same as me. What are the big challenges with that? We both want to do the same thing. And mm. no good. I mean, you know, if I wanted to do that, I wouldn't be employing you. Yeah, so, and nobody, nobody does the thing that you need to do. No. So it just, it just, and also you clash. So, you know, it just doesn't work. You need somebody who's completely different to you. Um, and with me, I need somebody who's patient. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so if you're patient and you're out there, Carol needs you. So, <laughs> if anybody wants to come and look around the projects, you know, um, they're more than welcome, by the way. Just because 
then they can see that if you just set your mind to it, even if you're a geriatric HRT taking person, um, you can you can still do it. You can still do it. Oh, so guys, um, I said constant Carl time, but I just had to ask those extra couple of questions because I wanted to know just a little bit more info there. So I um, really appreciate you coming on, Carl. Really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Um, Everyone, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, go back through it. There's some real gold dust in there as well. So if you've listened to it once, listen to it again. You've been listening to Success Stories. I've been Kevin McDonald. She's been, Car- She's been Carol Niels. And you've been absolutely awesome. Are you ready for a revolution? Look no further as Progressive Property, Britain's number one property education company, is hosting a Property Revolution Summit. And you're officially invited. Three days of content to help you start and scale your property portfolio. Trained by professionals, you will learn the strategies you need to thrive in property. Plus, you will meet like-minded people that could lead to endless opportunities. Go to bit.ly forward slash prspnpod. So that's bit.ly forward slash prspnpod or click in the link in the descriptions to sign up now. Everybody.